0: Ephesians chapter 4, I think it was the Beatles that sang it, all you need is love. The Bible's always said it, sometimes it just takes people to hear it in a song. One of these days I'll talk about music, I I think I've done it before, but really it's an extensive... Understanding when it comes to music, everybody has their preferences. Everybody, well, I like this style. Well, I like that style. Well, if you really understand the underlying faith to music, you will know that, yeah, you may have a style, but you need to understand the purpose of music and the purpose of worship uh, in that. The uh, Bible says that you are going to serve somebody. And so that means that everything that you're involved with will serve whatever you're serving. Your clothes will serve that somebody. Your money will serve that somebody, and so will your music. It's just going to. It's not whether they're like, well, that's not true. Well, we can dive into it biblically and talk about it, and even scientifically. Doctors will tell you that music does that to you. So I don't know what you want. You want scientific research? We'll get into that. You want biblical research? We'll get into that as well. But here today, anger management, part two, Ephesians chapter four, verse 26. And we're also going to read another verse with that. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Some of your translations say wrath. But then there's a key verse after this that kind of struck my Attention! When it said, "And give no opportunity to the devil." Out of all the verses that could follow, it says, "Oh yeah, and by the way, your anger, the devil's—he's looking at it. He's checking you out." I like this. We're gonna get into it. We're gonna have some, i have some fun with this because I, I really like uh, dealing with these kinds of topics. And especially when it comes to something where a lot of times, a lot of people, they look at certain subjects and they go, well, as long as I do this well, this isn't going to matter. And what I have found, especially with the subject of anger, is that even if you can kind of uh, physically or even mentally in your mind picture yourself better in this area and horrible in this area because we kind of do this with our hands, what I have found that anger doesn't care where your hands are. Anger at any moment will go like this, whether you like it or not. Now, you could tell yourself, but my hands are like this. I'm better at this. Well, anger doesn't really look at your hands. It looks at your heart. And so, just really quickly, I just want to go over a review of what we looked at last week. That Some of the things that we talked about. And what it, we talked about anger because right away, if you're here for the first time, and you're here this morning, and you're saying, well... I came, I don't really have a problem with anger, you're in the right place, okay? If you're here and you're like, well, I do have a problem with anger, well, you're in the right place. And if you got here today and you're like, I don't even know where I'm at, you're in the right place, okay? You're here. Let's go for it. Let's deal with it. Let's look at it and let's see. Because last week we even talked about how even God gets angry. Psalms chapter 30 verse 5 says, for his anger lasts only for a moment. Some of your translations say for a season. But his favor or his mercy lasts a lifetime. I love that. Uh, As you read throughout scripture, especially in the Old Testament, you'll find that God's anger, it burns. It burned. His. Matter of fact, we talk about it so much about Noah and everything that happened because God's anger, it burned against the people. I'm going to wipe them all out. But all of a sudden, his mercy, it lasts even more than what the passion goes for. See, we'll find that our anger feelings and passionate feelings, they are very similar. And we talked about that last week. But the only reason why we don't identify passionate feelings as anger feelings is because anger feelings most of the time they're trying to escape something while passionate feelings are trying to embrace something anger i just want to get away i don't want to deal with this but passion it boils the same as anger when you get passionate about something especially for those many times i'll oh, hit, hey, pastor man we need to have a prison ministry and many times when you get passionate about something your your fist they clinch right oh man we should do this oh we should go there we should do it. well it's the same thing with your are angry oh get out of my way i told you to move well passion and anger they have the same feelings but many times we don't identify them as the same thing but if you can learn how to control that watch what god can do with that which you control Psalms chapter uh, 37 verse 8 says Refrain from anger and turn from wrath Do not fret It leads only to evil Be careful of your anger It leads to evil Did you know that anger is one letter away from danger? Be careful Be careful it's get your, I mean you may think Well no this, this person they deserve it They deserve what's coming Well they, you may think they deserve it But do you deserve to boil your blood like that? Does your body deserve to get all that anger and be boiled up with inside of it? Listen, I believe that this is a very important message because a lot of times, especially with, as Christians, if there's any light in the world that should be able to bring the good news, it's Christians. And listen, if Christians, if we do not get this thing under control called anger, what happens is our light grows dimmer. Our light grows dimmer. People in the workplace who make the same amount of money as you, going through the same situations as you, going through the same marital problems, going through the same single problems, car problems. The only difference that there should be within that is that you have Christ. Now listen, that only difference makes all the difference in the world. Are you hearing me? That only difference makes all the difference in the world. Why? Because we have Christ. Can I hear an amen? See, we have to understand, and last week we talked about it, about how anger, what it does is anger, you lose 25% of your IQ when you get angry. Now, the average IQ in America is 98 to 100. That's the average IQ. Now, if you lose 25% of your IQ when you get angry, you go down and you drop whatever moment you're feeling at down to 75. Mental retardation is 70. So, when you get angry, you are that much closer to being retarded. Have you ever made a good decision being being angry? Man, I'm just so mad right now. I know what E equals MC squared. I can think like Einstein right now. It can't, it's almost impossible. Really, the only things that you're doing is you're only thinking about that one thing. What I don't want to think about. It. Don't talk to me. Don't look at me. Don't breathe on me. I'm only thinking about this and I'm going to get them. Because that's what anger does. You're only able to go after one thing. And that's why you got to be very careful and be able to control this thing called anger. I like what Aristotle said. He said, anyone can become angry. That's easy. But to be angry with the right person at the right time and for the right purpose in the right way, that is not within, not within everyone's power, and that is not easy. See, anger is something that we all must deal with, especially here within the United States. Now, I looked at some st- statistics that really got me, and, and uh, just to show you that, listen, especially here in the U.S., we have a little bit of, you know, troubles with some anger here. Uh, I, I was looking at And some of these things having to do with uh, road rage, (laughs) domestic violence. Look at this. More than 4 million women experience physical assault and rape by their partners a year. One in three homicide victims are murdered by their current or former partner every year. Look at this. According to the FBI's crime clock, a murder occurs in the United States every 35 minutes and a rape Every six minutes. There is a robbery every one minute and 30 seconds and a vehicle theft every 40 seconds. 66% of traffic fatalities are caused by road rage. 37% of aggressive driving accidents involve, involve a firearm. Whoa. Half of drivers who are on the receiving end of aggressive behavior such as horn honking or rude gestures or tailgating admit to responding with aggressive behaviors themselves. Over a seven-year period, 218 murders and 12,610 injuries were attributed just to road rage alone. Now, look at this. Here's a scary statistic. 2% of drivers admit to trying to run an aggressor off the road. Those are just the ones that would admit it. It goes needless to say, we got a little bit of an anger problem. Proverbs 14, verse 17 says, A quick-tempered person does foolish things, and the one who devises evil schemes is hated. Listen, it only goes to show, if we lose 25% of our IQ, doesn't it stand to reason that foolish things are going to happen? It's just, it's going to happen. We have an anger problem. See, the challenge in dealing with anger is that I've found that anger is often the second emotion. In other words, it's easier to be angry than it is to be lonely. It's easier to be angry than it is to be rejected. It is easier to be angry than it is to deal with depression. Anger oftentimes is the second emotion, not the first one. It's the second one. Treating the core issue oftentimes is very difficult because we're dealing with a lot of myths about anger. And you can't properly deal with something because sometimes we're even lying to ourselves about an anger problem we make up things uh, about why I'm angry or why this is happening why this is taking place so what I want to do real quick I'm just going to give you a few myths that we have made up and I say we because even myself included have been able to take this on the train and ran with this as much as possible because this is how we have felt one myth why many people when it comes to dealing with anger is uh, the no- number one myth is that I don't have an anger problem I don't have anger. You got anger. You're the one with the anger. You're the one who I want to punch in the face. No, you're 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 angry, not me. I want you to know right now that's a lie. We all deal with anger. Every single one of us, at one time, we deal with our anger. Men, what they do is men just like they they just basically blow up, right? If you were here last week, I talked about when I played baseball, and that guy, he just grabbed the bats and he threw them on the diamond. and Like, ah, oh, I can't handle this. You know, that's what men do. Just, oh, I'm out of here. Women, they, uh hallelujah. Father. I don't know. Women actually do the exact opposite of men. They implode. Men explode. Women implode. Say, oh, okay, I'll show her. But I don't deal with anger, though. I I know I'm just talking about her. I'm just, you know, a little bit of gossip, but I don't deal with anger. We all do different things in different ways. Ephesians 4, 26 says, be angry, but do not sin. See, in being angry, you got to make sure that what you're doing is you are controlling this thing. It's not controlling you. See, it's being able to deal with this emotion, but not allowing it to be destructive. I like what Lyman Abbott said. He said, "Do not teach your children never to be angry. Teach them how to be angry. Teach them how to be angry. How to deal with this emotion." See, people who say that they don't deal with anger often they say stuff like this: "I don't deal with anger, but I'll ignore people and make them mad on purpose." But I don't deal with anger, though. I don't deal with anger. They have to say, "I don't deal with anger." But I'll withhold affection. Nobody will get my love. I don't deal with anger, but I'll make everyone happy and make sure no one gets mad at me. I'll just appease everybody. I'll let them walk all over me. But I don't deal with anger. I don't deal with anger. I don't deal with anger. But I'll use sarcasm. Maybe. Kind of. If I feel like it. But I don't deal with anger. I don't deal with anger, but I'll just use loaded, passive, aggressive messages, and I'll make sure that they can never make me happy. Or how about this one? I don't deal with anger, but I'll just beat my own self up. I don't deal with anger, though. I'm not an angry person. See, what's so crazy about this is that people may believe this, but this is actually the way they deal with anger. You're dealing with anger. You're ignoring people, withholding affection, being sarcastic, just because, well, but I don't deal with anger, though. But really, that's actually how you're dealing with anger. You're pushing people away. Nobody will see your love. You'll, so that way, I'll never be rejected because I will, never be, I will never accept anybody. So that way, if I don't ever accept anybody, nobody will ever reject me. But I don't deal with anger. I don't deal with anger. See, these are the things that we have to be able to understand. Even in James chapter 1, verse twenty. Uh, James said, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Listen, some of you here this morning, if anything, if you're not taking notes, just write down the scriptures. Take these scriptures home. Write them down. Take it there. Put them on your fireplace. Put them wherever you're at because these are very important scriptures for many of us. James chapter 1, verse 20, it talks about the anger that you and I have as human beings. This does not lead to the righteousness that God desires. See, if we could just be able to deal with this anger issue, It would totally change the generational structure of even our family tree. If we would understand what this is, we can break some family curses even here today. Even right here today. If how we deal with anger. If I would have learned this when I was a teenager because I thought everything was my parents' fault. Right? Am I the only one that used to think? I used to think that. Everything. It's their fault. Man, if my parents would just let me go out. And so I pinpointed everything, everything, everything because that's mostly what teenagers do. The maturity has not, you know, come there. Experience hasn't happened. Now, the crazy thing about it is this, is that many of us within our teenager, teenage years, we don't get these things dealt with and we become that. But we're still 40, 50 years old doing the same thing. See, if we can really be able to understand, this is very important because how you deal with anger and how we deal with this can drastically open up the relationship we have with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If we can really understand, well, no, it's her fault. No, it's his fault. It's their fault. This one, why did this happen? Why? Did it? Then I'm telling you, it would really open up a whole new world to what God has for within our lives. So the number one myth many times is, I don't deal with anger. The second myth is that it's other people's fault. It's their fault. Her fault, his fault. There's a story I read in Nashville, Tennessee, that a Nashville man claims that he and his 10-year-old daughter were the victims of road rage on a Thursday afternoon all because of a political bumper sticker on his car. The man's name was Mark, said that the other guy, which they found out his name to be Harry, gave him the bird and rammed into his vehicle after noticing that he had an Obama-Biden sticker on his car bumper. Mark had just picked up his daughter from school and had her in the car with him. He pointed, be- he pointed to the back of my car, the bumper, Mark says, flipped me off and gave me the one-finger salute. It didn't end there. Mark told Channel 2 News that Harry honked his horn... At him for a long time, and then as he, even as he stopped at the stop sign. Once Mark started driving again down Blair Boulevard towards his home, he said, I looked in the rearview mirror again, and the same SUV was speeding, flying up behind me, and bumped me again. Mark said that he applied his brake, and the SUV smashed into the back of his car. He then put his car into park to take care of the accident. But Harry started pushing the car Using his SUV. Mark said he pushed my car up towards the sidewalk onto the sidewalk. Police charged Harry with felony reckless endangerment for the incident. It all started because he hated the Obama Biden sticker. Yeah, we do lose 25% of our IQ. All over a sticker. Didn't know the guy, just got angry when he saw something he didn't like. How often do we sometimes when we look at things or we see somebody, there she is. Oh, if I had a car, I would give her a love tap. 20 of them. It's their fault. It's not my fault. Elizabeth Kenny said, he who angers you conquers you. He who angers you conquers you. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 32 says, Better a patient person than a warrior, one with self-control than one who takes a city. Listen to me, my friend. It's not all about conquering and winning. Even just yesterday, I was dealing with my children and my sons. They wanted to go to the restroom and to different you know, toilets at different times, and they came out, I kid you not, They came out, they flushed the toilets, different toilets, different ones, and they came out, and my son goes, I beat you. Like, wait, when did going to the restroom become a competition? And then an argument occurred. No, it didn't, I beat you. No, you didn't, I beat you. Like, wait, 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 wait. And I was looking at this going, oh, my gosh. How funny it is that I see four and five-year-olds having this conversation, but how crazy it is when you see 35 and 40-year-olds having the same conversation. It may not be over the restroom, but it can be over just small things, little things. No, I know you said that. That's what I heard you said. See, it's your fault. If you wouldn't have said that, I wouldn't be angry. He who angers you conquers you. Better a patient man than one who goes to conquer something see many and far often times we figure that the relationship that we have with our nemesis or our rival or the person i don't get along with i'm gonna get the upper hand and what you will actually find that no matter how hard you try with the upper hand you will always be below them no matter how hard you try you could try all you want You could do everything that you can. You could manipulate situations. You could tell people other stuff, which we'll be getting into in just a little bit. But no matter how hard you try, better a patient man than somebody who wants to conquer somebody. Try it. It works. So the first myth that we run into many times, I don't deal with anger. That's myth number one. Myth number two, it's other people's fault. Myth number three, I can't control my anger. I just can't control it. It just, it it comes. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 11 says, a fool gives full vent to their anger. Some of your translations say rage. But the wise bring the calm in the end. See, managing our response to anger is a learned behavior. And anything learned can be unlearned. If the stakes are high enough, you can control your anger. Okay, listen to me. If the stakes are high enough, you can control your anger. Don't tell me you can't. Well, I, just, I just can't control it. Yes, you can. Watch this. Uh, Mike, come here. Mike, you look so handsome today. You look like a married man. Look at you. you. look so good. Look at this tie right here. It looks so great. Okay, ooh, I like that tie. I like that. It's matching. It's really good. All right. Okay, me and Mike. Now, Mike. if you know Mike... This guy is, like, as calm as, I mean, just as smooth as the other side of the pillow. I'm telling you, he's just so cool. He really doesn't get upset. This guy's just really cool. But let's just say, uh, that's why I'm using him, I'm just going to make this up, right? Okay, we're just making this up. And all of a sudden, let's just say me and Mike, we just start arguing. Man, it's your fault. You know it's your fault. No, it's, Mike, if if, if you would have did it, it was just your fault. And you, and and then we're just arguing, we're just going back and forth, right, we're just just yelling at each other, don't act like you've never seen this before, we're just going back and forth, and then all of a sudden, uh, hello, Uh uh-huh, sure, I'll be there at five o'clock, praise the Lord, God bless you, But yeah, yeah, yeah. don't tell me you can't control your anger. You can. It's just if the stakes are high enough, you'll control it properly. Thanks, Mike. Give Mike a hand, all right? Oh, give him a hand. The Bible says a fool gives full vent to his anger. See, the thing about this is that we can control our anger if we just. Choose to take our anger on those many times. Oh, excuse me. Many times, the reason why we feel that we can't control our anger is because we always do this on those who are weaker than us. Parents do this to children, husbands do this to wives. They do this a lot because I know I'm stronger, so no matter what we say, I'm gonna make sure I win. That's what anger is. Right? Just because I, I know, because we do this many times. Now, here's another great example. Uh, I, have, I have an uncle of mine. His, uh, his name, I didn't find out his real name. I'm not kidding you. I did not find out his real name until, I think I was about 17 or 18 years old. Because if you know my family, they all have nicknames. Every single one of them has nicknames. Uh, even my, uh, my aunt, her name is Malu. Uh, my cousin, Chu Choo. Choo. Um, uh, I have an uncle named Bulbul, a cousin named Taters, uh, you know, just, you know, you got another one named Smiley, Gata, all these other different ones. They're all just nicknames, right? And so I grew up, now, for those of you who are wondering, well, you know, didn't they call because many people, you'll hear my family, they call me a nickname. Believe it or not, my nickname was Pumpkin. Hey, y'all just laughed. That's cold. <laughs> if you're listening on the podcast, nobody laughed. Nobody laughed. It's cold. Y'all laughed. It's crazy. The reason why I was called pumpkin was because when I was a baby, uh, if you've seen my son Elijah, my mom says that I was actually about 20 pounds heavier than him. I was a big butterball. That's how I was. So I was like this little, little. Chubby baby. So I was so round, they would say, Oh, he's a pumpkin. Yeah. So my name was, and to this day, my name is Pumpkin. So the first time I found out my uncle's name, my uncle's name is Albert, I was like, Wow, that's a little funny. And I said, Well, my uncle, his name was Bingy. That's his name, Bingy. Like, right. okay, you see, this, you see this guy now? If you see my uncle, you know, he's, he wears a chain with a, uh, golden gloves around his neck. He's a boxer. And he was a very good one. And so I remember the first time, that, like, I, had, I found out his real name, Albert. I was like, Albert? Why they call you Bingy? That's such like a girl's name. Right? That's how I looked at him. And he looked at me. i okay. Come to find out that the reason why they called him Bingy was because every time he would get into a fight, he would hit you once, and they would just say, Bing, and that was it. Even my dad, who was his older brother, didn't want to fight him when he was mad because he knocked everybody out in their city, big guys, small guys. He didn't care. He had an anger problem, but he knocked them all out with one punch. So I'm pretty sure you don't want to get a guy named Bingy upset with you. That sounds funny to me. It could be all hey, that girl, that girly Bingy. Want to try my name? If the stakes are high enough. You'll chill out. You can get all mad you want. But if you had a guy in front of you who was known to hit you and knock you out with one punch, I'm pretty sure, well, you're lucky you're here. Because if you weren't here, you'd be all over this place. All right, but go ahead. All right, If the stakes are high enough, you can control your anger. I can't control it. Yes, you can control it. Oh, no, the Bible says a fool gives full vent to his anger. A lot of times we need to understand that even our anger expression, it's a learned behavior, and anything learned can be unlearned. See, we'd, we'd rather vent till every last breath and everybody around us feels the full uh, brunt of our anger. But we need to understand that this is something that we, we may think in, in our minds, well, I'm going to be like this the rest of my life. I'm always going to be angry. Listen, my friend, no, you don't have to always be angry. You can control this thing. Don't let it control you. So myth number one, I don't deal with anger. Myth number two, it's other people's fault. Myth number three, I can't control my anger. Myth number four, I have to let it out. I just have to vent it. I have to vent. If I don't vent then I'm just going to explode. So that's why I have to. You know what vent- ventilation is? Ventilation is blindly expressing your anger to or at another person or another object. Now, why doesn't venting work? How come venting doesn't work? They have found, and I shared this even last week, about when they did this anger therapy, they were doing this, and I don't know if you saw this for many, uh, actually for a number of years, they had the infomercials. You ever see those dummies? They have no arms, just a head, and it's kind of like a, a boxing thing, and they go, uh, and they're like, all right, just kick that thing, and just hit that thing, and come on, hit it, hit it, hit you know, And for a while, anger management was sharing, okay, to vent your anger, to let it out, and just to make sure nobody else gets your, your anger, Buy this dummy and just do it for a half hour a day. Do it for an hour a day. And that's what anger therapy was actually telling people. After a two-year study, they found that a high percentage, the majority of all the people that they did research with, their anger got worse. It got worse. Probably because they thought they were hitting a dummy, so they thought everybody else around them was a dummy. I'll just get it. I'll just take it out on it. Don't you come. I've been practicing on a dummy. Don't make me come on. I, I got this now. You should see my high kicks. I know my knees, they ain't what they used to be, but I'll make sure. I just, I got to let it out. I got to let it out. I got to let them. They're going to get it. They're going to understand. They're going to get and understand what I have to say. They're going to get this. I have to vent it. And to really, in all honesty, that's a lie. That's not true. Not at all. See, now, why doesn't venting work is because one reason why venting do, doesn't work is that people around you don't appreciate your vent. People around you, you ever, you ever been in a the, in the grocery store? And you're there and you're, you're buying things. And all, I don't know if this has ever happened to you. It's happened to me a few times where people, there they're, they're in front of you at the, the cash register. And they're doing, and uh, you know, they're swiping their card. That, uh, and the cashier's like, excuse me, ma'am, it's not working. It's going to work. It's going to work. Uh, excuse me, ma'am, I, I think you need to. No, just try it again. Try it again. Oh, my God, this card works. I just tried this card. Now it's not working with your thing. It's your fault. It's your fault. One reason why venting doesn't work is that people around you, they don't appreciate it. You may think, oh, this is good. They're going to understand. But really, a lot of times, venting doesn't work the way that you think it does. Another reason why it doesn't work is that it never really deals with the real issue. Matter of fact, you're feeding the cause. I remember I used to live in uh, Los Angeles And one time I took all the UTC, we went to a Giants-Dodgers game. Now, if you know anything about the Giants versus Dodgers, it's the uh, longest uh, North American sports rivalry in all of the four major sports here in America. Uh, Hockey, basketball, baseball, football. It's the longest rivalry. Giants-Dodgers, I mean, they just hate each other. So I remember one time we were sitting in the left field bleachers. If you know anything about the left field bleachers in Dodger Stadium... Praise the Lord. Sitting there, and there's these guys all around. I'm wearing my Giants gear. I got a few Giants fans with me, but the majority, everybody, they're Dodger fans. They don't like us. We don't like them. All right, it's cool. But this one guy, there's always that one guy. This one guy in the bleachers, he's up here, and he is just giving it to this left fielder. I believe the left fielder at the time... um, I think his name was, we had him, it might have been Ishikawa or somebody. But he was just giving it, I mean, just, you stink, you're horrible, giants are what I mean, just going, I mean, just saying things that I cannot say from behind the pulpit, if you know what I mean. Just giving it to him. just yeah. I mean, just ripping them. Throughout the game, from first inning to the last inning. A usual nine-inning game lasts about two to two-and-a-half hours. So imagine, if you will, for about two-and-a-half hours, this guy's just ripping this, I mean, just giving it to him. Now, mind you, this guy's paying to watch him play. He's making $8, 9000000 million to work while we watch him. He's getting paid to stand there. Now, this guy's just, he's just going off. Now, the Dodgers were winning until... The top of the ninth inning. Then the top of the ninth came, and boom, the Giants came back. I'll never forget. We were going crazy. Yeah. Everybody was high-fiving. Dodger fans were, oh, get out of here. You know, we sat that Then it went to the bottom of the ninth. The left fielder, he's right there, home team. This guy's still ripping him, ripping them, ripping him. Then I'll never forget, the Giants, last out, the Giants win. We won like, it was like five to three. We won. I'll never forget this. The guy's in left field, right? I'll, I'll pretend like going this way. Left field. They made the last out. The left fielder turns around and goes, I <laughs> walk right off. You can get mad all you want, it doesn't change the outcome of what's supposed to happen. I'm gonna let him know. You can get mad all you want because, really, in all reality, you're probably not really dealing with the real issue. You may think, no, no, I got to let them know. I got to tell them. And you may think, well, if I let them know, everyone's going to feel, everyone's going to understand, and they're going to get exactly why I'm upset. They need to know why. Now, many times, as I get this Coke can right here, I don't know the rest of the song. Okay. And so we think that if I just let it out, it's going to be great. And everyone's going to know. And everyone's going to understand. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do it. That would be horrible if I did that, huh? That would be crazy. Funny thing is is that many times that's what many of us do with our anger. And we think, oh, it doesn't affect anybody. So you could see a Coke can coming a mile away. You go, whoa, whoa stay away. But anger, many times you don't see it until it creeps up and it's standing right next to you. A fool gives full vent to his anger. Didn't affect anybody. Nobody cares. Who cares? I'm just speaking what I need to speak. I'm just speaking the truth. Well, sometimes what you think is the truth is really just splattering all over everybody. And sometimes you think you can be right, but sometimes even when you are right, you're wrong at the top of your voice. What I'm I'm saying, this is right, this is the truth. (laughs) Well, you could yell all you want, but sometimes when you give it with that attitude, it's like, well, I don't really want to hear you. I don't know, it doesn't matter what you say. You ever been in a situation like that? Like, yeah, they're right, but they got a horrible attitude. Why would I want to listen to them? See, if we could just really grab a hold of this as Christians, this would totally change the way that the world sees us. Listen, my friend, I know you're going to get angry. Just because you're a Christian doesn't mean that you're not going to get angry. You are going to get angry. And listen to me, husbands and wives, yes, you are going to get angry at each other. Oh my gosh, is that true? Yes, it's true. You're going to get angry at each other. But it's not so much that, oh, okay, I got to get rid of this anger. No, you need to control the anger, deal with it properly understand that the vent well if I just vent he'll get it if I just vent she'll get it no that's actually not how it works at all you may think he's gonna understand she's gonna understand well really nobody really likes that it's not very constructive matter of fact it's destructive Dr. Lawrence J. Peter said speak when you're angry and you'll make the best speech you'll ever regret So, the last thing that we see here first myth number one, myth number one is I don't deal with anger. Myth number two, it's other people's fault. Myth number three, I can't control my anger. Myth number four, I just have to let it out, I have to vent. Myth number five, now this one's a little bit different, but the last one here talking it out with someone will just plain help me. Talking it out with someone will just help. Now, this one's a little bit different because part of this is true. Part of this is true. Sitting down with somebody in a calm fashion, talking it out, uh, preferably somebody with some wisdom, sitting down with them, actually working it out, whatever anger. Because remember, anger m- most of the time is a second emotion. It's not the first one. It's, a, it's easier to be angry than it is to be lonely. It's easier to be angry than it is to be depressed. It's easier. So many times we have to get beyond that anger emotion and get into and say, okay, well, what's really going on? So we think, well, if I just, I'm just going to tell somebody. Well, and, you know, you have to kind of be careful with this one because many times, you know, even if we want to get spiritual, oh, we got to bear each other's burdens. That's why I got to tell them. I just got to let them know. But what's important to note about this is that sometimes when we are so hurt or we're so jealous Whatever emotion is driving that car called anger, it turns into, let me tell you what they did to me. Rather than talk about what's really got you upset, many times you, you're just saying things just so people can feed your anger. That's all it is. You're just saying things so that, way. well, let, let me tell you what she did to me. Let me tell you what he said about me. And so what happens is all you're doing is you're just pulling the car over and say, hey, I got a carpool in my car called anger. Get in and let's drive together. And the Bible says, be careful with those who you make friends with. Do not make friends with a short-tempered man or you yourself will be ensnared just like him. Well, I just got to tell, I just got to let somebody know. See, what happens is when you have two people that get angry together and both of them don't have a license for anger, pretty much what's going to happen is a wreck. There's going to be a crash by the end of this emotion, by the end of this subject, something is going to happen. I like what somebody once said, gossip and anger are like drinking poison and expecting somebody else to die. gossip and anger are like drinking poison, but nevertheless, I know I drank it, but you have to die. You're the one that has to be hurt. I'm feeling this hurt, so you have to feel my hurt. I'm feeling this poison, so you have to feel this poison, and really that's what we found is that anger is like a poison, and it bubbles your blood, and it gets you so just ugh, mad. I don't know if this has ever happened to you before, but have you ever arrived at your destination and you've gotten there and somebody else has gotten there too? And you got there at the same time. Maybe you were on time, but the other person, they were just, they got out the car. Hey, what's up? Hey, what's up? Let's get in this meeting. Like, whoa, what did I do? Didn't do anything. It's just they were driving a car called anger. it's just, It hurts, and when you're in that car, everything hurts. Everything gets you mad. This person gets you mad. Why are they sitting in my chair? Why are they sitting in my chair? That's my chair. That's where I sit. This is where I belong. Why are they sitting in my chair? It's a chair. Get another one. Why is she wearing I'm wearing That's That's my dress. I bought that dress first. I had it first. It's a dress. Get another color. I don't know. Get something else. Find something else. No, no, they did this. If they would have. And we have all these things that we figure, I'm owed the right. I have the right to be angry. When really, according to Scripture, that's the exact opposite. As Christians, we have to control this thing called anger. What you may think is a luxury to vent, and really in all reality, that's destruction. It's a destructive spirit to have with that. See, what you and I must understand when it comes to this thing called anger is that just like the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 22 about not making friends, that you and I must understand that when you make friends with somebody, called, with somebody who is a short-tempered person, anger is contagious. It's contagious. And that's all it takes, especially right now. And I've seen a lot. You could tell right now. Just turn on the news. Most of the people here in Oakland, they ain't never been to Ferguson, but It's contagious. It's contagious. They're angry, so am I. People in Chicago, they ain't never been to Ferguson. But hey, they're angry, so am I. See, anger is contagious. It gets people in a bubbling, boiling spirit. Why? I don't know. They're mad, so I'm mad. They're they're hurt, so i am we're going to do this. What are we going to do? I don't know, but when we find out, we're going to do it. And that's what happens. If ever you've been involved in a protest or a riot, you'll see how riots spark up. It sparks up from just a small few, and then it just kind of taps into all the other people's like, hey, let's do it. Yeah, you want to do it? Hey, you, I don't, Have you ever been involved in a protest before or in a riot? I've been in riots before. They, they're, like the spirit there, it's crazy. I mean, it's like you don't know what's going on. But the thing this is what I found about riots and protests. The moment the wave takes you, you're sucked in. You're just in it. Now, I'm not, I, I'm not even talking physically. I'm just talking emotionally. Spiritually, you're just like, where are we going? I don't know, but that's what we're going to do. Well, let's just do it. Whatever the, Do what they're doing. And that's what happens. Anger becomes contagious. But us as Christians, we are called to be men and women who feel the same emotion, but we deal with it differently. We deal with it differently. Can I hear an amen? Now, as he comes to the piano, this is what you and I, I said this last week, and I'm going to say it again. Matthew chapter 18 Turn with me there. This is the last verse I'm going to give you. What are we to do with this thing that we call anger? Matthew 18, verse 34 says In his anger, excuse me, in anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you what? Unless you what? Forgive your brother or sister from your heart. So we talked about, I don't deal with anger. I ain't got an anger problem. It's her fault, it's other people's fault. Well, I have to be. I, I can't control this thing. Hey, this is just the way that I am. It's the way I'm going to be. And that's just how I'm going to live. It's how I'm living. Living all angry? Living all upset? Living like you sucked on a lemon 24-7. And you're wondering why you're not getting the friends that you think. They should be my, they, they thought they were my friend, they're not my friend. Well, if you constantly talk and wave and do all that stuff, I wouldn't want to be your friend either. Every time I'm around you, I think you're going to hit me. Not my fault, her fault, his fault their, fault, their fault everyone, it's like everyone else's fault but yours the Bible says that what you have to do is forgive I believe that some of us here today we need not only to forgive, I think last week we talked about forgiving others, today I think that some of you you got to forgive yourself you know what the word forgive means forgive means to cancel the debt cancel the debt nobody owes anybody. Canceling the debt doesn't mean well, okay, um, alright, they don't owe me, but if they ever mess with me one more time, I'm gonna bring it up. Canceling the debt doesn't mean like oh, okay, well, he forgave you and she forgave you, but I'm gonna remember, but I'll be nice about it until that one day comes. And I'm just going to fully vent all over you Because I'm never going to forget The Bible says that he casts our sins Into the sea of forgetfulness Did you know that there's a depth In the sea That once you get to a certain depth Of a certain amount of miles No matter what's there, anything can go there The strongest metal that man has ever made Will be crushed under the pressure Of that ocean no matter, how, no matter what's in there, anything will be crushed and basically disintegrated into just small. It just it cannot survive. Nothing can. When God says, I cast your sins into the sea of forgetfulness, basically what he's saying is if you're going to forgive your brother, you've got to get rid of it just the same. That's what he says. Get rid of all anger. Get rid of all rage. Get rid of all malice. Get rid of all slander. Get rid of all gossip. That's what he says. Throw it out. The same way I throw your anger, the same way I throw your sins, you got to throw whatever hurt, whatever, whatever was done to you. Now listen, forgiving doesn't mean that the hurt didn't happen. Hear me out. Forgiving doesn't mean it didn't, yeah, okay. He hurt you. She hurt you. They slandered you. They talked about you. They messed with you they didn't agree with you they said all these different things they talked bad about you but you know what I found the reason why I can preach this message with such like conviction because that's what the Bible says when you preach, preach with conviction I can preach this message with all conviction all conviction because I'll tell you right now so many people, they've said stuff and you can ask my wife she's asked me, so what do you think? I go, I don't care no big deal but don't you think we should? Eh, yeah, but it's no big deal to me. I'll never forget the first time somebody said something about me here in this church. I thought everything was going great. We did a great thing here, like a really good We had this this dinner, right? We had the Mission Paradise. And somebody came up to me and goes, Hey, so did you hear about, uh, you, did you catch any wind about, you know, what you're doing here? And I looked at him and I go, What do you mean? He said, So nobody told you, you know, like, some negative stuff. I go, nah, nah. He goes, well, and you know, he did it with all sincerity. He wasn't doing it with the gossip because he heard. So he goes, look, I just want to tell you that, you know, somebody was saying some stuff about what you were doing here and they didn't agree with it. And they actually said some bad stuff. I go, oh, okay. And I did this. I go, so what do you think? He goes, no, oh, I think it's great. I think it's good. I go, oh, okay. As long as that's what you think, then it's fine with me. And I just went on. No big deal. That's fine. People say what they want to say. You cannot control them. But listen, he who angers you conquers you. The way you should, this is the way I look at it. This is just my, this is my personal thing. My thing is this. They don't deserve my anger. They don't. They don't deserve my anger. Nobody does because I have to give it to God. I got to get rid of it. Some of you here today, just the smallest thing can trigger you to get so angry. She really meant it. They really did that on purpose. uh, So I know and I understand that there's no just one altar call, one sermon, one message that can totally just, ah, it's gone. But I know sometimes, some of you here today, you got to chip away at this thing you got to chip away at this thing. you said, got to say, no, this will not control me. Some of you, that anger, it's been controlling you. It's been, get, it's been venting to your children, and your children have been feeling it. And so you're wondering, well, man, why are my kids, why are they staying away from me? Maybe because you might be venting. You might be going overboard. And man, how come my coworkers, they don't see me like a Christian anymore? How come they don't want to, they don't ask me for advice anymore? They used to ask me for advice, and now they're not doing I don't understand. Maybe because there might be some around you where they're, they're just not seeing you in that Christ-like lightness. They're not seeing you like that anymore. Your family, because there's something that's been boiling. I don't know why. I don't understand. Because maybe you got to look inside and say, God, I got to cancel some debts right now. Last week, we talked about some of you with your exes, your ex husband, your ex wife. It's kind of came over into your current marriage. It boiled over. It's her fault. It's her fault. It's her fault. But really, you're holding on to your ex's faults. You're holding on to your ex boyfriend, your ex girlfriend, your ex husband or wife. It's there. Some of you today, I just really feel this in my spirit. you got to cancel the debt of the anger against yourself. Just against yourself. Stand with me here today. Bow your heads. Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, touch the hearts, the minds, the bodies, the souls right now, Lord God. For the men and women that are here, Lord,